Inspiration now in session. Inspire guys, people. You are going to stop saying what you do until you do what you said. When you opened that Bible, you knew what you read. You felt the deep in your soul. The promise did not expire. Be inspired. Stop saying what you do until you do what you said. When you opened that Bible, you knew what you read. Yo, what's up, people? I'm your host, Jay Will. This is Inspire Guys People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Welcome to episode 184, Jesus and Sneakers with Bree Wheeler. I had a conversation with Bree a few days ago, a live stream, so you can also check that out on YouTube. The link is in the description of this show. But we're going to have a good time. Like, she going to... Yeah, she says some cool stuff. Um, I think she has a likable personality. She's definitely building a great brand. She's going to tell you all about how she had a dynamic sale, made thousands of dollars in a couple of days, how she uh, has had to take money from a little bit everywhere. It's not always easy as an entrepreneur, but by all means, she's going after her purpose in Christ. And this is going to inspire you. So without further ado, let me be quiet and play this interview. Please do share it, subscribe, like. Do all that stuff. Check us out on Instagram at Inspire Guys People. Also on YouTube at Inspire Guys People. I am sharing more content every day. I told y'all I made a deal with myself. I got to create a thousand YouTube videos before I can quit. And I think we only on like 110 or something like that. So I got a long way to go. All right. I don't know why I did that last thing, but it was unnecessary. So let's get to that. Let me interview you. Here's what we going do. You gon' talk to me, and I'm gon' talk to you. Maybe on the phone or possibly in person. Either way it goes, we gon' be talking person. Yo, 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 what's up, guys? People, man, we about to welcome our guest, Bree Wheeler. Let's do it. What's up, Bree? How you feeling? What's up? Yo. What's up? Thank you. Thank you for joining uh, Inspire Guys, people. I'm excited to kick it with you um and learn about your brand so we're gonna have a great time man how are you feeling today let's start there how's your day going my day is going well i'm a little tired but i am good to say the least i know the feeling i I know the feeling it's it's definitely especially rough coming back from uh the holidays or whatever but you know what i'm saying we're gonna wake each other up with this with this interview you know what i'm saying this conversation we're gonna wake (laughs) each other up um all right Bree. so look you you are from the Metro Detroit area, like myself, I grew up on the east side of Detroit. I believe you grew up in Ypsilanti, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes. Tell me about that. How how was it growing up in Ypsilanti? Ypsilanti is definitely not Detroit. And so um, I have this thing of, I feel like I'm from Detroit. Like, I want to be from Detroit, but I'm not. <laughs> so I say that I'm from Detroit, Salanti. And people literally hate I love that. It. Um, because I have no inch of Detroit in me. I'm literally from the city of Ypsilanti. Um, So not too much happens out here. I went to school out here. Um, I went to high school out here. I graduated at Eastern Michigan in 2017 um, with uh, my bachelor's of science in nonprofit administration. So this, I'm not even, we'll get to, if we get to that point, it's it's all going to make sense. But um, you're probably like, what? Nonprofit? doesn't make sense, but I have a story about that. Um, so Ypsilanti is cool. Um, it's chill. It's laid back. You know, not a lot happens out here, but a lot of my life 
um, doesn't happen here. So that's like what the, that's the difference, you know, right now. So I'm just chilling right now until I move. So that's dope. Like I actually, my first year and a half of college, I went to EMU. So I've also gone to Eastern Michigan university, um, and lived on campus out there. So, you know, I, I know a little bit about Ypsilanti and Puffer Reds. That's where we used to go get yeah. our J's from. So, so look, we got a, we got a little history already right there with, uh, with Ypsilanti. So, Bree, I'm wondering, you know, like you said, Ypsilanti is definitely different than Detroit. And for people who haven't been to Michigan or don't know, like, the landscape or structure of Detroit, you pretty much have Detroit as the central city and, uh, right. you know, a bunch of these smaller cities around it. But Pontiac, Southfield, like, people got their own personalities. It's weird how you could really be so close 20, 30 minutes from each other but be so different. So right. I'm wondering, like, what was your personality like? What was your reputation growing up? Like, what do people know Brie for? Oh, so funny that you say I was a loner in high school. Um, I had friends, but I kind of kept to myself. Um, I played basketball. Um, I went to church. So you probably know me as the basketball player that was always falling um, and the church girl. So um you know, I really didn't have a poor reputation, which is what I'm glad about. You know, I was raised in um, a solid household and by solid individuals and those indiv individuals, including um, my mom, my father. Um, they were separate households, but my grandparents, um, they all practically raised me. And so um, I was raised upon respect and 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 honor and dignity, like all these type of things. So I never had a poor reputation, but um, I did leave high school in the 10th grade to go to school at Eastern. So they had a program called Early College Alliance, which is where I took uh, college classes in high school. So I've had a wave of different and I was also homeschooled, too. So I didn't get into the public school system until second grade. So I've had an interesting uh, education history. Um, and so I was able to, like, you know, track that and then also just kind of just go with the flow, like play basketball in high school. Then I stopped playing basketball because I got a job at an ice cream shop called Cold Stone. And so <laughs> um, I was really upset about that because I really wanted to play. And then I eventually wanted to go to college, but I'm like, mm, I'm not really feeling college ball. Uh, let's see what happens. And so going to um, Eastern in high school, that's like a huge, people don't talk about that. Like that's, yeah. that's big. And so, um, you know, being a 10th grader on a college campus with like 18, 19, 20 year olds and all the other stuff. It's a huge transition. Um, but it's something that you get used to. And it, I'm glad I went through it because it prepared me, um, for the transition into college, you know, to the point to where, um, I was well prepared for the times to come. So I'm grateful. I graduated. I think, I think I graduated on time. I really want to graduate, graduate early so I can be like, ah, I graduated early from y'all. Right. Little, uh, peoples. Um, I was about to say a different word, <laughs> <laughs> but I just, you know, like I said, I have an interesting, uh, education history, but I don't regret it at all. Um, I definitely, sometimes when I share this story, I'm just like, wow, I was actually homeschooled. And sometimes I forget about that, but that's an important part of who I am today. So, so how was, so when you went to college in the 10th grade, you you stayed on the campus, like overnight stay on the campus, like live there? So no. Um okay. wasn't even 
didn't even leave that live there. I stayed not too far from campus. And so um, I just took classes there. And so what they had was um, prep courses, right? So um, you would take these preparatory college courses pr- to prepare you for the actual college course. Um, and so you would Basically, you have the same school schedule as you would in high school. Um, and then after a while, once you pass that portion of the courses, they're like, all right, you're ready for the college classes. Let's get you enrolled into those. That's dope. So you got this young lady that is a basketball playing church girl, homeschool, go to college early, a bunch of unique experiences. I would imagine that in some way that has given you at least a, a diverse view of different situations in life. Like, because a lot of us, we grow up one way, like, Oh, I grew up in the city or you grew up in public school, whatever it may be. Um, I'll speak for myself from this regard. I grew up home churched and organizationally church. So mm-hmm. at my mom's house, we were home church, go to my dad's house. We go to, you know, um, a church in the city. And so just having that perspective for me gave me, these diverse views. And I can always look at things a little different from people on both sides. So I'm wondering for you, like, as you've kind of grown through your life, do you pull back on those experiences or do you notice now as an adult, how those experiences shaped you? And if so, like, in what way did they kind of shape you? Absolutely. I totally believe that nothing is wasted. And so from the time I've been homeschooled to the time of me taking um, college classes in high school, it has definitely given me a different sense of life. I don't have, um, I, when I say this, I say this with, um, I, I don't, I don't want to offend anybody when I say this, but I don't have like a sad story, you know, growing up. Um, and so I been very fortunate, um, with the way, with my childhood. And so, I take those experiences that they're not, they're not, you know, similar to the sad story ex- experiences, but they're still relevant to who I am today. And so um, just pulling on those homeschool experiences, like being at home and being taught, like I don't have a teacher. Um, my grandma wasn't a certified teacher. So I don't know how she did it, but she did it right. um, because obviously I-, I made it quite all right today. So um, it's, it definitely has, shaped a lot. And, um, I I really pull on the college experience. Um, I feel like it wasn't as great as I, as, as it should have been. Um, I wasn't a partier. I just went to class and went home. Sometimes I slept overnight in the libraries. Um, that was different for me. And I'm like, what in the world? I wasn't (laughs) expecting this. That's Um, dope. But I, you know, I, I'm, I've always been a hard worker, um, successful in school, got the A's and the B's and stuff like that. College didn't really trans, it didn't really happen that way. I was getting C's and D's in college, but C's and D's pass. Okay. It happens, it happens for in, us. In college. Yeah. So it worked for me. Um, but yeah, I just, I've experienced, um, new things and it developed. Like I've learned different stuff about myself. And so I'm like, oh, okay. So you really don't know about this, but we're going to learn about it. Or you know a lot about this. Let's continue to feed what you know. I love it. That's dope. Like, and and to your point, like even you saying you don't have a sad story to me, I'm wondering, and I don't know you really that well, but I'm just wondering if you are like an optimist and some of like, even how you view things are, it's your perspective because 
And I think this is a good thing because like you, it sounds like you mentioned that maybe you from a broken home, you mentioned different homes. I don't know if that mean um, a broken home or not, but like some people could use that and, and spin that and make that a sad story. So I just kind of commend the fact of like, like it might be a, even a blessing to have the perspective of like not viewing your life through a sad story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure that has something to do with being able to overcome and have success. So let's, let's talk a little bit about, about Jesus and sneakers. So like, first things first, let me just say Jesus, Jesus and sneakers is dope to me. Um, I love simple things that catch your attention and for whatever reason, like it's just, it's just easy. It's it's like easy on the eye and mm-hmm. you can look at it and be like, Oh, that's simple. Almost like Detroit versus everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you could look at a brand like that, but it's genius to me when someone finds a very simple way to communicate a strong message. Like I view it as like, I'm impressed by that. Like, wow, that's dope. Like, and people copy that type of stuff. I've actually seen people do some stuff that I'm kind of like, Oh, they kind of copying what you do. Um, but I don't want to, you know, not even being negative. I'm just saying like, I've seen things. I'm like, Oh, that kind of seemed like they putting a twist on it, mm-hmm. but I want to know where did the Jesus and sneakers idea, the name, like, how did you come up with this brand? name? Yeah. So, um, people ask me this uh, quite often. Um, and so, I literally give them the same response. My response has not changed since I've been asked this question. So um, I was working for a cosmetics company last year. Oh, wait, no, two years ago, um, around this time. And so I was surrounded by different women who were pursuing different things. And so at the time I had Fashion Be Humble, which is the overarching business for those who don't know. Um, I have Fashion Be Humble and then I have Jesus Plus Sneakers, uh, Jesus plus heels and Jesus is everywhere. And soon I'm going to make the announcement here. This is the first t- y'all should be, y'all should feel blessed. Okay, um, let's do it. We are going to, I am going to release Jesus plus Crocs. Um, That's dope. This year or maybe sometime next year. I don't next year for sure. I but love I it. Release it um, this year. So y'all got, y'all are the first to know. Um, y'all got first dip. So congratulations. Wow. So, wow. um, so I had these four things, right? And so I was, was in this space with these women and I'm like, dang, like I have fashion me humble, but I wasn't, I wasn't doing nothing with it. Like I, it was one of those things where, um, I started it. It was a pandemic business. I started it, quit my job. And I'm pretty sure we're going to go into that a little bit later, but, For um, sure. and I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to do Fashion Me Humble full time, but I kind of pulled away because it was just like too much. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what product. I just don't know what to do. And so I I abandoned it, honestly, for a year. And so being in that space, like I said, just kind of inspired me and pursued me to revisit Fashion Me Humble. But I did not know how to do it. I didn't know how to do it. So um, I was walking with a friend at Somerset Mall. If y'all know about Somerset Somerset Mall. There's a rich side, and then you got the regular <laughs> regular side. So we was walking on the rich side or whatever. Right. Um, and so I I promise you, I promise you, Jay, like I wasn't thinking about nothing. Like Jesus is always on my mind. But right. I wasn't thinking about nothing, no sneakers. I wasn't thinking about merchandise. I was not thinking about nothing. And right. then just like that, I literally heard and saw Jesus plus sneakers. And I was just like, what? Like saw the design, 
saw the name and everything. Um, it was just kind of like a raindrop, just like fail. And so um, the person I was with at the time, I said, hey, you know, what do you think about these two combinations together? They was like, I think that's fire. I think that's lit. I think that's dope. I said, bet. So I think that following day or that same day, I went home and I went on to um, a, a design website and I started playing with different colors and different designs. And so the first... Um, design that I did was the yellow crew neck. So the yellow crew neck with the white box and uh, the black letters. And so the way, and I'm, pro- I'm getting further into it. So I'm probably answering. Oh, you're good. You're good. But, um, I was off of social media for about a week. And so I made my reappearance, my grand appearance ah, back on social, <laughs> uh, on my stories with me in this yellow crew neck, right? Not knowing nothing. Okay. Remember, right. like I didn't know, Nothing from the beginning. Okay. Still not knowing nothing. Right. Came on to Instagram, posted uh, this picture and this yellow crew neck on my story. The DMs went crazy. Love it. Can I get this? Oh my gosh. I love this. I need this. Blah, 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 blah. And at that moment, I was just like, okay, this is it. And this is it. Like, this is it. But this is also, this is it. I'm not doing nothing else after this. So I'm like, okay, this is how I'm going to reintroduce pa- Fashionably Humble. This is how I'm going to rebrand with Jesus for sneakers. Um, and so I, I did just that. And so I released the Yellow Crew Neck in August of last year. Um, and ever since then, it's just been, my mind has been blown away. Okay. Like I never, I love fashion. Um, I I love styling. I I love all that. Um, I I think even at some point in my life, I wanted to design clothes. I never thought that I would be doing it in this way. And so I like to say that this wasn't a part of my vision or my goals that I had for my life. It was honestly one of those things that just fell in my lap and I just ran with it. And so ever since then, it's just been history. And then I tell a lot of people all the time, they ask me, well, they ask me the question, Brie, like, how long have you been in business? And I'm like, it's only been a year and some change. Like, I started this last year in August. And from August to August 2021 to November 2022, it has been absolutely crazy. That's dope. So a couple of things about that, like, like you said, anybody who know anything about Somerset now, first of all, like, like you said, the setup of the mall, it's like kind of the premier mall here, I guess. And, um, you know, it's kind of bougie. So it's where the rich people go and the people who ain't rich act like they rich. I love that mall. That mall cracks me up, but it's like, you, you going to see some. It's so real though. Yeah. It's legit. But like you said, you got the rich side where if you want to go get your, I can't afford nothing over there, so I don't even walk on that side. I go to the Lululemon every now and then to look at stuff. Um, but even the regular side is a pretty dope mall. So my point with yeah. that is I think even with you having that raindrop effect that at the end of the day, it doesn't surprise me because being in the right environment, like, it's important because you are in, like, an inspirational environment as it relates to fashion, even if it's – like indirect and not even like you're not even thinking about it, just being in that element and walking and and kind of being around it. I'm that kind of person where my environment matters. That's why 
Absolutely. I can't be in negative environments too long because it start affecting me. So um, I love the whole idea how you came up with it. Also love the fact that it was just so organic and you almost kind of had this naivety of like, yo, I'm just posting me in this, in this crew neck on, on social and seeing the response of it. Um, again, when I first saw it, I was just like, it's one of those things. I was just like, that's just actually dope. Like you don't even almost know how to explain it, but it's like, this is dope. So shout out to you for that. Like, and I'm wondering like now I've seen, I've seen artists in it. I saw, I saw the Ma- Maverick City, I believe, had it on when they came mm-hmm. uh, for their concert. I've seen all type of people, like really, literally all across the country. I've seen people posting. I actually have friends that don't know I know you are familiar. Like I've ran into friends and they had it on. Uh, one homeboy, Kevin Young. He, I saw him about a month ago, mm-hmm. and he had. He said he wore his to his homecoming in Clark at Clark in Atlanta. And he was like, people were going crazy. He wore it with some Jordan ones. He's like, man, people was going crazy over this crew neck. And so I just want to like, ask you real quick on that. Like how, like just how surreal is it when, when you start seeing other people or hearing people that you don't know, or just kind of seeing the effect of something that just hits you out of nowhere, you know, the rain, rain drop effect. As my brother Darius saying on here. Right. I saw that. What up, Darius? <laughs> um, and everybody that's tuning in, thank you guys for watching. Um, it actually it it brings me to tears, honestly. And as I say this right now, um, I kind of feel my my eyes watering because I let it out. I, L- listen, people, not I not- want you to cry on this. Cry on this podcast. Not we can use the ratings. Right. I'm joking. I'm joking. Go ahead. Uh, I don't want nobody screen recording me crying. <laughs> um, but honestly, Jay, like, it's really like, I laugh a lot. I laugh. I got a lot because he's just like so funny because it's just like, what is you doing, my baby? <laughs> um, it's really, really surreal just for me to even just, you know, look out into crowds or turn my head and see the the product just in the room. I, 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 you know, I don't have no words. It's, it's really humbling. I'm extremely, extremely, extremely grateful that I, that God has given me a piece that is so relevant to our culture, to our era. Everybody is wearing sneakers. Um, people wear, people are wearing sneakers and they sleep. Okay. People are right. wearing it at their weddings, you know, with suits. Right. They, wear, they wearing it in their workplace. They're allowing sneakers in the workplace now. Um, That's and fine. so that the, the culture is, is shifting. Even with the, the sneakers alone, like we have seen the creativity level in sneakers like go crazy like we the sneakers that they have now these weren't the same sneakers 10 15 years ago like even five years ago and so i i I just really counted an honor for me to have a piece that represents who people are that identifies with people and that is just it carries longevity you know what i'm saying jesus ain't going nowhere and sneakers (laughs) for as long as we live as as long as nike is in existence as long as adidas and all these um, all these names and brands are in existence. There will always, 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 always be a Jesus plus sneakers. I um, love that. And so that, that right there is just so like, 
Jesus, baby, what yeah. is you doing? Like, I love it. <laughs> literally. So I, I'm really grateful. And it's just like, I'm represented in rooms that I'm not even in. So people, I get messages all the time, Jay, like, Bree, I just saw Jesus and sneakers at the orchard mill or Bree, I just saw Jesus and sneakers at the movies. Like I get messages all the time. And just how your homeboy, Kevin Young said that people was going crazy. My cousin literally just texted me the other day. Her and her husband um, just went on vacation. She sent me the picture, picture and everything. And she said, we wore our crew necks in the airport and the people, and they wore it to um, their destination that they went to, um, which was out of the country. She texted me. She said, Bree, do you ship out of the country? I said, of course. What type of question is that? And she was like, Bree, the people went crazy. Like everybody was asking, how can we get this? Where can we find this? And so the beautiful thing about this, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with marketing. I know you are, Jay. Um, I don't have to do a lot of marketing. You know what I'm saying? The piece of markets for itself. So especially with the yellow piece, like it's a bright color. It's eccentric. You know, you, if somebody walk in with a yellow, anything, you're going to turn your head and look to see what it is. And so, um, it, it, it's a head turner and I, I just, look, I'm, I'm a, uh, Darius on here. He said, uh, he said he got a fire. Uh, he said he still have a pick to post in his crew neck and his fire, but he's saving and waiting on an endorsement. So you, <laughs> that's an artist for you right there. Uh, Jesus and sneakers for anybody out there. We, we both actually, I'm rocking the crew neck and I do want to just say this is a quick commercial break, uh, fashionablyhumble.com. If you want to go grab you a Jesus and sneakers crew neck in multiple colors, like she said, the yellow one is cold. Um, I went with the gray because I like, I'm just more like, I like simple stuff, like chill. I like gray and I like black a lot, but I'm going to actually get some more colors. But please, like, check out FashionablyHumble.com. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and you can't see us on the screen, first of all, shame on you. Just kidding. I appreciate the yeah. listens, and listens there as well. But just check out FashionablyHumble.com and look at the link in the description of the show. You'll be able to find the links to find Bree on Instagram uh, as well as find FashionablyHumble.com. So um, anybody who's interested, I'm rocking the, the gray with the black print, and she is rocking. You tell us what you have on. I have a Brianna hoodie on. <laughs> this is a sample. This has not been released yet. But let let me know if y'all like this. It's it's uh, I think it's dope. It's giving, it's giving Nike a little bit, you know, simplistic, clean, um, basic in the center. Y'all let me know. We, we I'm a fan. Like I'm telling you, it's dope. I like it. Um, Appreciate you, Jay. I think it's clean. Um, you talked about it like so from a marketing perspective, and like, you know, my degree is in marketing, I work in sales and marketing. In corporate America. So I like have a huge love for marketing. And that's one of the things I really like about, I like the way you present the brand. The aesthetic is nice and clean. The aesthetic, you know, that you share on social media really matches the brand. And I think that's something that people kind of forget about as it relates to marketing. Can you, this is kind of a sidebar from, you know, what we were talking about, but just maybe to help somebody out there, because a lot of people are trying to start brands. And I feel like they end up going all over the place. How do you stay like consistent with like Jesus and sneakers, what it looks like, what you get when you come to my website? How do you keep that consistency in the branding? Is that something you struggle with or does it come easy to you? And are are there any tips or anything you could share with people? Cause I feel like people sometimes jump all over the place and lose track of their brand. Sure. So I, I live by minimalism and simplicity. 
So the less, the better. Um, and I'm all about details too. So from a marketing standpoint, I'm all about pulling on the heart tugs, pulling on the heart strings rather. Um, I want to tell a story with whatever I post. Um, so whether it be serious, whether it be funny, whether it be, um, I don't know. So actually I'll give an example. One of the reels that I posted for a $20 sale that I had in October. I literally, and I, I share that sometimes stupid stuff works. Like it, sometimes it works. Yeah. Um, so I literally just held up a crew neck and I walked past the camera, like with the crew neck hiding my face. And I did that a couple of times. I popped in and out with the crew neck and stuff like that. It was, um, to, it was silly. It was honestly silly to say the least, but it worked. Right. And so, um, it was, it was simple. It was clean. I had on my crew neck. I held up a crew neck and I just said, Hey, we're having a sale. You don't want to miss it. And that was it. And so I think in that, you know, telling, telling a story, right? A picture is worth a thousand words and videos are worth way more words than that. And so, um, I think being able to deliver a message, you have to know what you're trying to, what you're trying to deliver. If you don't understand the message that you're trying to deliver, that uh, is going to convey to your customers and the people that are looking at what you post. And so I think, one, understanding um, what you're trying to say, first and foremost, what what is your message? What is your mission? What is your vision? Um, and then, two, creating that mission and that message to be simple for, like, the most complicated person ever right so how can i get an 80 year old to ex understand my message and how could i get a 12 year old to understand my message um and then three um just being consistent you know with your message and so um people grab on to not only what you post but they grab on they grab a hold and track to the person that's posting it as well so um putting yourself out there i don't really like putting myself out there if i could i would really cancel all social media um and just chill and, and lay back and live a good life but we live in a social media heavy world and unfortunately that is not the case and so sometimes you just have to be the forefront in the face of the brand and so how do you want to deliver your message um through your personality, like people say that I have a cool personality. Um, I can give you serious and I can also give you playing at the same time. Um, I know how to balance and I know when to cut it off. Um, so feeding into that personality, feeding into who you really are, be yourself, right? So as a small business owner, my, my goal is to be myself. Um, and so people can relate to that when you're yourself. Hopefully I answered the question to the listeners. Um, if not, feel free to shoot me an email or a DM and be like, Hey, I don't think you answered my question. Let's dig this a little deeper. That's dope. No. And I actually do think you have a dope personality. Like you have a real, um, engaging, welcoming personality. And I think authenticity, like you talked about maybe the silliness of kind of holding up the crew neck and walking by. But one of the most important aspects of branding that I think people overlook is tapping into the authenticity of who you are. So yeah. maybe if I do that same post, it's not that successful because it's like, Jay, that's not really you. And yeah. sometimes people are looking at other people and simply copying. But when we sharing stuff like this for the listeners out there, it's really for you to be like, who am I authentically? And it sounds like, Bree, based on what you consistently saying about your personality, people say those things about you and it comes forth in your marketing and branding. So your marketing and branding is true to who you are versus you trying to like, brand something that's false so i do have a question though 
So how successful or impactful was the the post for the sale? Like you walk past with with the with the crew neck and what was the response to that? It was crazy. So <laughs> that video, I don't even know how. So I did an email for the sale. Um, I did a post. Um, I did a graphic. I posted a graphic first. And then I did a video. Um, you know, Reels is top notch. So you might, don't throw away the pictures, but I'm just letting you know, you got to do some video content. Um, and I think I did another Reel. I don't know how in the world, like, I think I majority of the customers were new. Um, but I like to share as an inspiration, not as a boast, um, that with that sale, and I think I promoted it for like maybe two days. If that, um, with that sale, I was able to generate $10,000 in two and a half days. And I, on, on the Friday that I did the sale, on the Saturday that I did the sale, the phone was going crazy. Um, and I couldn't believe it. And I'm like, where are all these people coming from? Like, I, I don't honestly, I don't even have that many views on the reel that I posted of me uh, walking past with the crew necks. I don't know how. Like it was literally God, and I'm I've never done a twenty dollars sale. That would probably be my first and my and last. Right. <laughs> hey, uh, and look, I'm not mad at it. That's what makes it impactful. Darius on here said he got two. Crystal Francis said get get you one, two, or three. I'm not mad at that. Get um, them all. And then uh, we got William George Harold Brooks said good insight on the marketing piece. Uh, I actually bought I actually bought my crew neck on that sale too, and I'm glad you shared that right because what I want people really to take from that, and, and what I really like about you and what you're building, Bree, is that you can be authentic, you could be a believer, and you could do something dope that's creative yes. and still have success. And I think so many people feel like they have to compromise who they are in order to have success, but God Absolutely. will continue to open doors. Absolutely. Um, just because, I, and like you said earlier, we, we've seen a lot of imitators. God bless them. Right, right. Um, <laughs> but I like to say that I'm honestly the trailblazer, right? So, um, and yet again, I say this humbly, like I've been seeing a lot of plus something lately. Um, and you haven't really been seeing that a lot until you saw the Jesus plus uh, sneak. Trust me, trust me. So, I've, I pay attention to that type of stuff. And I'm talking like all over the country, people been adding and they've been kind of flipping it. And, and the one thing I'm a, I'm not going to, I'm definitely not going to you. I don't want you to answer this, but I want to speak on this real quick. If you don't mind, um, sure. just because, you know, I've had a brand and I know how it is to be a creator. And this is more just to our listeners. You know, I believe, especially as Christians, we should be what we serve the creator. The Bible says the first five words in the Bible. I always turn people to that. It says in the beginning, God created. And so ultimately we should not be stealing from each other. We shouldn't have to take ideas. Like we should be able to support each other. Like if I come up, if I, if y'all see me uh, in the next couple months, come out with inspire guys, people plus sandals, like, come on, bro. Like, you gotta chill. And so, please, <laughs> I just, chill. I just want to say, like, sometimes, even though, like, you keep moving forward and you trust God, I'm just being real. Sometimes it hurts when believers Absolutely. do that to you because of how hard you work. So that's that's it. I just want y'all to know that 
So let's support Bree. Let's uh, support fashionably humble Jesus and sneakers. But I don't want you to put Jesus plus nothing. Like, let's just <laughs> let, leave it up to her. Like, you come up with something else so that we could see somebody winning and we could support what they doing and, and be authentic yeah. in it, man. I, that just, that just, you know, again, I don't want you to have to speak on something because that might feel negative to someone, but it really is just intended to encourage us and inspire us to be original. And Mike, um, can I add something? You can, you can. Um, thank you for sharing that. And then also, um, there's too much creativity in this world, right? And I think social media, or not, I think, I believe and know that social media has proven that. TikTok has shown the, how much creativity um, is in this world. And so I don't want you to feel like just because, and I'm not saying from a Jesus and sneaker standpoint, this is just in general, Um that you have to, sometimes people think that if I did it like this, it would have the same effect. And that's not the case. Right. Um, everybody, God is, is very strategic. And so he has given me something. And so I'm going to, the way that he gives it to me is the way that I'm going to release it. Um, and he's not going to give that same idea to you, if that makes any sense. I just want to, I would like to encourage you just to realize that and know that creativity is all around us. It's everywhere. Um, people are speaking it. People are, people are, are drawing it. People are doing all types of stuff with different creativity. So don't let, um, just don't, don't let what you see, um, make you feel as if you have to copy that and, drive success from that because that's not going to be the case. Your feelings are going to be hurt. Right. <laughs> if you're quite honest, because you're not going to have the same effect that the originator or the founder had on it. And here's the other part. The reason it's really going to hurt is because we don't always see the work that people put in behind the scenes. Oh, and I'm telling you from having a brand for four, four and a half years, um, I didn't have a Saturday. I got that. I wrote that line in, in one of my songs. Like I, there was no Saturday. There was no, like for four and a half years, I sacrificed everything. Me and my wife was tagging hats and t-shirts and, you know, selling stuff all across the country and packaging things. And I know the work that goes into that. And a lot of times when we copy and stuff is really like a get rich quick scheme. It's just us trying to get to success faster, but we slow ourselves down because we're not committed to the work. And so ultimately the reason you need to have an original idea is so that you can have something that you're passionate about. Because I'm telling you, as an entrepreneur, you are going to have low times. You're going to doubt. You're going to hit walls. And yep. you need something to drive you. And I, I want to I ask you, this leads into my next question, Bree. Because um, I saw a post that you made maybe about two months ago. I think you were out of town. I don't know if it was North Carolina. You were somewhere. It was a group of women, and you kind of were sharing a testimony about how, I don't know if you were just kind of going through a moment of feeling like giving up or whatever. And then the the crew neck served as like this crazy witnessing tool where some people asked you about it. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that experience a little bit? And then just in general, how has God used this brand and simply wearing this crew neck as an opportunity to tell people about Jesus? Yeah. So I'll answer the second question first. Okay. Um, it is honestly a ministry tool and a, and a evangelism tool. People, I get testimonies and stories all the time of people getting stopped 
and asked about this. Strangers, right? People that don't know God asking, what does, what, what is Jesus for sneakers? What does that equal? What does that mean? And so, um, you know, we have this generic response of, of, of what it means. Um, but people also give like their testimony behind it. Like I shared before that you can't see Jesus without seeing sneakers and vice versa. And so when you see the product, you're going to see both names, right? Um, and it has literally served as a way for me to speak without speaking, right? And so I walk into a room, I come in with this, this gray crew neck or this hoodie. The first thing that they see is that Jesus plus sneakers. And so you can kind of tell you if you, if you can read rooms or read, um, people, um, and emotions and stuff like that. I took classes. So that's how I know. <laughs> um, you could you can feel like the response and the questions that they have of this. And so um, it, it works. It honestly works. And so I think this is a strong way to convey Christ to the world um, boldly, right? Like that box, like that, that right there, that's huge. That's a huge statement. And Jesus is just, is, is such a conflicting word right and so for me to be able to put boldly jesus on a piece of clothing for everybody to see um is is a big deal it is it honestly is a big deal and so i think it's a powerful tool to just reel people in um and then also a way to bring in the prodigal son right so those who have left the church um those who are just like i don't want to do church anymore um this is a way i feel like this is a way to kind of bring them back in like the church is changing. Um, a lot of people are not dressing up as much for church anymore. And so I feel like this is a way for them to have a level of comfortability to know that, okay, cool. I can represent Christ and be dope at the same time and look dope at the same time doing it. I can put on my best J's. I can put on my best uh, Air Force Ones, whatever the shoe may be, um, and still honor God in the way um, that is pleasing to him. So that's my answer to that question. Secondly, I love this story because um, it was set up so perfectly. Um, so for those who don't know, I went to North Carolina in, um, I don't know, October, I think, to speak. I had a speaking engagement for this event called Mix and Merge in North Carolina. And so Jesus and Sneakers was the purpose of me going to um, speak at that event. So after the event, um, I had on an orange crew neck, which you guys should get. It's really dope. Um, orange, orange crew neck. And we were in the heart of downtown Greensboro. And so we decided to just kind of walk the streets, see what's happening and stuff like that. And we all had on our Jesus and sneakers merch. And so, um, when we came back from like our tour of the, uh, of the area, walked past this group of women outside like a bakery shop and so when i walked past them you know i didn't think of anything i didn't think anything of it i just walked past them went to go take some more pictures post them for the gram and then boom go go by my way right um so when i came back it was like a whole bunch of them and i was like what is going on here and so i go back to that statement of you can feel people looking at you and staring at you that's literally how it felt as we were walking. So it was like women on both sides. So it was kind of like a soul train setup. So we just kind of walking in the middle of the sidewalk and I got women over here staring at me and women over here staring at me. Wow. And I'm just like, this is a little awkward, but okay. So 
one of the ladies was just like spoke up and said, Jesus and sneakers. I love that. I like that. And so I kept walking. Jay, I was tired. Okay. Um, and I'm grateful for the people that were with me because they were just like, oh yeah, we got some merch in the trunk. I just kept walking. And one of the ladies was like, when somebody asked you about your stuff, you stop and let them know. I said, you know what? I usually do, but the way my brain is fried right now, I was just ready to go. So shout out to Mariska for helping me in that moment. Um, and so we went to the car. We have merchandise in the suitcase. I felt like I was in the streets of New York. <laughs> we pulled out that suitcase. We propped it on the car and was literally selling merch from the suitcase. It was like an auction. Let me get this. Man. I'm just like, bro, what is happening? Like in that moment, like in my mind, I was like, what is happening? But in that moment, I'm like, okay, cool. We got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do that. Um, and it was crazy how it, God just set up that whole thing. Um, they were actually there for a food tour. So they were getting ready to go. And so I'm like, dang it. Well, if we would have walked a little faster or walked a little slower downtown, we probably would have missed them. And so I am grateful to God that he set it up. The timing was just so perfect and all that because we could have just missed all those women. Um, And so majority of them purchased merchandise. And so I had the opportunity to pray for them, you know, for safe travels, going back to where they were going. Um, But after that moment, it was kind of like a snap out. Like I was just like, whoa, what just happened? Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of, I'm not kind of, I testify about it on my Instagram page um, and just kind of share like what happened in that moment. And it was just like, this, this encounter that I had is the reason why I cannot stop. And I get those all the time. I get those frequently. Like the times that I'm just like, Lord, if I could just sell Jesus and sneakers, I'd just be all right. Or if I could just stop, like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Shut down the website. Don't purchase this anymore. Thank you so much for your support. But we coming to an end. It's those moments that make me like, okay, this is purposeful. It's not about me. It's never about me. Um, this is about the women that I've encountered here in North Carolina. God sent me here to North Carolina, not just for that event, for those, but for all of those women that I've encountered. And so that's also another audience, right? So I expose Jesus the sneakers, not only to them, but to their audiences because they're going to wear the merchandise and people are going to ask, see, that's how marketing works. Right. right. Um, and so it was a moment for sure. And I feel like God always gives me these reminders of the why, like Brianna, shut up, shut the noise. Yes, you can feel. Yes, you can be emotional. Um, yes, you can have all these feelings about I want to quit all this other stuff. But let me remind you real quick of the reason why I gave you this raindrop effect uh, vision, uh, this idea that is affecting lives today. So, man, that, like when you the reason that's important, too. And I would like you just to touch a little bit on you talked about those moments when you want to give up, when you're like, all right, thank you all for shopping with me. Close, close the website down, whatever. Can you just talk just briefly about like what actually drives you to those moments? And the reason I'm asking you this is because, again, there are there are a lot of entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs, business professionals who listen to this podcast. And I know for a fact, just from the messages, I get a lot of. A lot of my listeners message me and we have conversations and things like that. Like, and I know that people go through those moments where they want to give up. 
and on the outside looking in, you know, we could talk about all the good stuff and we could see all the good behind it. But can you just share a little insight um, behind like what drives like, cause if I'm looking, I'm like, why, why would Bree, you got something dope? Why would, no, nah, Bree ain't never thinking about giving up. So can you just share a little bit so that somebody out there can understand like, this is normal. Like you're going to go through those ups and downs uh, about maybe a time or just generally speak to like what drives you to, to even think like that sometimes. What drives me is the pictures of people in the merch. I screenshot, people send me pictures. Um, and that honestly is my motivation. Like, I mean, even from like Maverick City, you know, it being on the tour, um, Coco from SWV, like I oftentimes look at the track record, right? So I look at from August uh, 2021 to now, um, the platforms and the open doors, the podcast interviews, the sponsorships, the pop-up shops, the vendors, I reflect. And I really think it is key to reflect because a lot of times we can feel like we're not doing anything or doing enough. And that is not the case. And so I do a lot of reflection. I'm like, dang, like, God, you really, you actually really blew my mind in the month of November. And what I actually do now is I make a record of everything that has, that God has done in each month. Um, and also overall in the year. And so that gives me an opportunity to just be like, okay. Yes, I be, I, I want to quit quite often, but if I look at how God has opened so many doors that honestly probably wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Jesus plus sneakers or any business at that rate, I don't like, there's no way that I could quit. Like there's no way that I could quit. I actually shared with a friend more recently. I said, if what God did for me this year is magnified and intensified for 2023, I have a lot to look forward to. Like, there is no way that I could push this aside. Like, I, I put too much money. Let's yeah. talk about money. Let's okay? talk about it. Let's talk about that investment. Let's talk about the investments, the financials. I have, um, I've received seeds. People have sown into Jesus for sneakers. People have sponsored. People want to invest. Um, I have personally invested my own paychecks from my job to make sure that customers can have crew necks. Do you know how painful that is? Like I want to pocket this money, but I got to shell out a thousand five hundred dollars for customers to be satisfied. That right there can make somebody want to cuss. Seriously. Like <laughs> I, I got to give you my hard earned, like I have to give a business to make this stuff, my hard earned money. Um, and I don't cuss, by the way. Let me just throw that in there. Um, <laughs> but I was just being super dramatic. Um, but I have to give my hard-earned money to this business to make sure that customers are satisfied with a product that is literally like changing lives. Um, dang, I don't want to do this no more. So now I got to figure out, well, how can I make revenue from uh, these sales so I wouldn't have to use my own personal money anymore? And so sometimes, y'all... Just being real, you're going to have to, it takes money to make money. 
I understand that more now than I ever understood it before. Like sometimes you're gonna have to pull from them. If you still work a job, I still actually work a part-time gig. So if you still work a job, sometimes you're gonna have to pull a lump sum, <laughs> lump sum of change from that check to make sure that the business can still be sustained. And if it can't, it's okay. Do something crazy to make sure that you can get sales, have a sale, you know, to, to generate sales. Um, and so you just got to kind of do different things that work for you, but money is an issue. Um, I think self top self sabotage, excuse me, is an issue. You can see what somebody else is doing. Um, and you may feel like what you're doing is not enough. Um, you can be overwhelmed. You can be stressed out. You could honestly comparison is a thief of joy. You can compare yourself to somebody that has been in this game longer or has been in this game not as long as you, but is doing way better than you. It's, it's a whole thing. Like, it's it's a whole thing, but you have to understand that what you have been given is special and nobody can take that away from you. But it's your job to make sure that you convey this message as strong as you can um, and deliver it as strong as you can to the best of your ability, being your authentic self. And so um, I know I kind of was like all over the place with that, but it kind of all circles together. Nah. like. Yes, I have all these issues, but you have to reflect and remember why and understand that you're making an investment into something that's going to grow bigger than what you can imagine, right? And so, yes, I got a pool. Sometimes I got to ask people for money, be like, hey, like, I, I'm not going to tell you what I need it for, but can I just borrow $50 just so I can get a couple crew necks or a couple t-shirts or a couple hoodies? I haven't had this experience, but um, this is just real stuff, right? Everybody... Um, is is moving into the entrepreneurial world. You know, a lot of people are business owners now, small business owners. Um, and so people think it's just like a, a piece of cake and it's not like, I'm about to just start a t-shirt line and it's about to be successful. No, if you're famous and you got a good track record or a huge following, that's, that's possibly the case. But for someone like me, a lot of people don't, you know, didn't know me and some people still don't know me. Um, starting from scratch, right? And by myself too. That's another thing. Starting from scratch by myself, trying to push push a message out that I felt like at the time would do well. Yeah, and like, no, that's that's good stuff. And that's real. I appreciate you for the vulnerability and being transparent because so many people do think it's just easy to do this stuff, but it takes a lot of sacrifice. Like you're saying, sacrificing money. You got to have faith in your goals and your dreams and your purpose. That's why purpose is important to me because if it ain't no purpose behind it, then what am I investing in? Right. And so a lot of times for me, it's about understanding the purpose behind like, all right, why, what it, all right, what's the point of inspire guys, people like, all right, let me, let me make sure there's some purpose behind this because, uh, cameras costs, studio costs, equipment costs. Yeah. I don't make money from this yet. I don't have no big sponsor. So I think it's important to share those aspects of, running a business or going after your dream because it's a lot of people out there that think they could cut corners. And I'm going to be real, even for people, even if a person is famous or something, a lot of them fronting too, because one thing about business is that there's revenue and then there's profit. And yeah. I know you understand that just from how you talking. A lot of people don't understand the difference. They like, Oh, Oh man. If they saw that you did a million in sales, they like, Oh, Jesus and sneakers did a million in, and revenue is like, yeah, that's revenue. 
Bro, right. you don't know what the overhead costs are. You don't, you don't know none of that. I might have profited $10,000 from a million in sales. All you got to do is wa- watch Shark Tank to understand that. So right. Um, I love the way you talk about business in that way. All right. I do want to ask you real quick, because you did mention it. You mentioned you got a part-time job. I know that you had, you had kind of quit your job that you got after school, which is sounded more like a career. Yep. Can you just talk about that part of it? Like getting your degree. Um, and what, what was your degree in? In nonprofit organization? Nonprofit administration with a minor in business. Okay. So getting your degree in nonprofit administration with a minor in business, getting a career. And this was like 2017, if I'm not mistaken. So we're talking about in the last five years mm-hmm. and then leaving that career, then being, you know, finding yourself where you are now, having the success, but also having the struggles as an entrepreneur. Can you just talk about that? Um, little bit of time real quick. What a time to be alive. <laughs> I, that quitting my job was a huge decision um, to make. I prayed about it, of course, um, but it just was not serving. Like it wasn't, it wasn't doing, it just wasn't serving. And so another reason why I quit, this is why you have to have a plan. Um, you really have to have a plan. I quit because I wanted to do Fashion Me Humble full time. I'm like, I got these t-shirts. I say Fashion Me Humble. I got sneaker charms. I'm about to be good. Like, I ain't got to work. You talking about a slap in the face? Yeah. I was door dashing. I was Amazon flexing. Um, What else? whatever extra income I could find, I was cleaning shoes. I was taking pictures. Like, I was doing all types of stuff. Um, because I didn't have a plan. And so, yes, I quit on faith, but I also was just like, okay, at the time I wasn't like as like strong as I am now. Um, so, um, I don't think I was like really obedient. Like that's, I feel you. I feel you. Uh, but I felt like I, I quit. Sometimes I felt like I quit prematurely. Um, I told, I had to present this quitting of my job to my mom, to my grandparents. And they were just like, girl, you are crazy. And I'm like, I know, I don't know what I just did, but I just quit my job. And the crazy thing is I can't go back and be like, actually, I want my job back. Nope. It's a wraps. So, um, (laughs) I was literally depending. I, Jay, I literally was like, okay, I'm gonna quit my job and I'm gonna depend on DoorDash. I'm gonna depend on Amazon, um, to make me some money. I'm gonna depend on shoe cleaning. I'm depend on picture taken all that fell through the cracks literally fell through the cracks and i'm just like dang i'm struggling right now like i ain't got no job i'm really not trying to go back to nine to five because i feel like it's pulling me away from what from creativity um and yeah i don't know about this so that's when um i like a few months into that I was, I started working for the cosmetics company. Um, thank God for them. So, but in the, the meantime, in between time, that decision of quitting your job, not having any more benefits, not having any consistent income, um, that's, that's, that's not an easy thing to do. That's that, heavy. That is that's heavy. Really, really heavy. And especially, especially when you get backlash from your family, especially when you feel like you wasn't obedient. Like, thank God I didn't obey you. That's crazy. Um, Especially when you feel like your plans that you had are not working. It's just like, dog, I don't know what, 
I don't know what I'm do. And then at the time, Jay, I was still selling stuff, but I wasn't getting enough sales for me to live off of. So it was a struggle. Like I haven't been able to pay mine. And I'm just being super transparent. Like I, at this rate, I don't even care. I um wasn't able to pay like any bills. My car never got repossessed, praise God. But it was just like, I wasn't able to pay my rent. I wasn't able to pay my phone bill. Like I was not able to pay. I was not able to live. Um, and so it was a struggle for a long, long, long while. And I thought that I made the worst decision ever. Honestly, I'm like, dang, like I said, I can't even go back. I can't go back and be like, yo, can I get my job back? Like, right. Do that. But the beautiful thing, this is why I say nothing is wasted at the beginning. The beautiful thing about this is that I was able to tap into this level of creativity that was always in me, but I never knew I had. And so I was mm. able to, um, at my job, I was, I, I learned Photoshop. So I was making graphic designs. Um, I was learning how to edit pictures. Um, I was already into video and video editing and stuff like that. So I started doing more, more of that. I wasn't necessarily making income for it from it, but I was tapping more into it. And so, um, that put me in a position to be able to take pictures for people. Like I was able to put myself out there and be like, Hey, I'm having, I'm doing a, a photo, a camera sale or a photography sale, um, for, a certain amount of time for $50, I'll take your pictures. Um, and that's when like things started rolling in. Like, right. I, I'm a side, I feel like I'm a side hustle queen. I'm going to find <laughs> a way to find me some money. Okay. Right. Like, I got to wash some cars or babysit something. I'm going to find some way to give me some money. And so these side hustles and this creativity started to kick in. And I'm like, okay, I like this. Like, I like that. I can create something and it'd be good. And so um, I actually started tapping more into that after um, I started working for the cosmetics company, but um, it wasn't an easy transition. And even now, like I work a part-time gig and um, it's for me to catch up on what I miss. Right. And so I don't want to dig just into the business revenue or the business sales um, all the time. Like, thank God that it's there, but, I have a business to build and Jesus of sneakers is more than me and I'm trying to expand. And so um, I picked up a part-time gig so I can catch up on what was left behind. And so it's been working. Like at first I was like ashamed, like, dang, people probably think that's, that's another thing too. We got to have another podcast about people, what people think. That's a whole different thing. Um, But I'm just like, dang, like, it's kind of sucks that I have to pick up a job, but I got to do what I got to do. At the end of the day, you got to do what, what you got to do. People ain't paying your bills, right? Jesus and sneakers can honestly, I can live off that, but I'm just kind of, I'm not really comfortable yet to do right. just to do it full time. And yes, to answer your question, I do not do Jesus and sneakers full time yet. Um, But, you know, you just kind of have to find your way. Like you got to, Sometimes you got to lose to win, right? And so I lost a lot of stuff. Um, most times you got to lose to win. Most times, absolutely, you have to lose to win. And so you take those losses and you build upon them. Um, nothing is wasted. So everything that has happened um, from that time of me quitting my job to tapping into my creativity worked because I use it now. I love that you said nothing is wasted. And um, Malik down here said the process. <laughs> Um, 
um, that process and that vulnerability, like I'm hoping that the listeners out there, if you listen and you starting a business and it's not just like literally a business, you could be a pastor, you can be starting anything. Yeah. Like what you just laid out, Bree, is the reality of the process. So many of us, we trying to compete with our friends. Oh, my homeboy got a podcast. I'm trying to listen, man. Like you said, the quicker you can stop comparing yourself to other people, the faster you'll get to where you got to go. And it still ain't going to be as fast as you want it to be. It's still going to take you time, but we slow ourselves down when we are trying to compete with other people because the race in your life and in your purpose you're not next to another runner. Right. You want to track by yourself mm-hmm. against yourself, fighting, denying yourself and everything that's trying to pull you away from purpose. So I love the way you laid that out. Bree, I want to get you out of here with a, uh, a quick question, a, a two part question. Um, Lashana talked about the distractions, facts. What up, Jarrell? Thanks to everybody that's listening, man. Appreciate that's y'all fine. sharing and all that. Um, it's a time and season for all, Brittany said. I feel that, Brittany. It is definitely Ecclesiastes 3. Like, it is a time and season for everything. All right, Bree. So, before I get you out of here, I got to know. And this this question. Oh, wait. We got one more comment. I want to show some love to the comments. All right. She says, I'm so love you have this sharing with my friend. Oh, love. Thank you. Growing up with Jesus with what you do means so much because you do it with truth. Much love. Amen. Much love to you. Thank you so much. Um, all right, Bree, we got this is a very important question. I know we talked about a lot of important stuff, but this is very important from this from the Jesus and sneakers lady. All right. <laughs> First part of the question is, and we talking only sneakers, not the people, okay? Oh Lord. Are you Yeezys versus Jordans? What is the better shoe and why? I don't own a pair of Yeezys, but I hear that they're comfortable. The thing with the Yeezys is that they make mono colors. I think the only color that I seen that was bright was like a blue color. Um, they got a couple bright ones. Like okay, but they just I, not the main ones. But you're right, like they are more mono. Um, in I just colorways. answered the question without. I just answered the question. So here's my problem. Here's I have a huge problem with you right now, Bree. Like I have thoroughly enjoyed. Having you on this podcast, talking to you, your business is doing well. We didn't talk about the struggles. We didn't talk about a lot of stuff. And where you really lost me was that when you said the words, I don't own, and then followed up with a pair of Yeezys. I I just don't. It doesn't. mm, 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 No. First of all, you started this show off because I listen to everything. You started this show off saying you like simplicity. You're a person is about these. Listen, everything you described, like Jesus and sneakers belongs with a pair of Yeezys. And I'm also answering the question with the way that I'm responding. So (laughs) we got one person that's team Jordan, one that's I am definitely team Yeezy. Um, 100%. I'm, I'm for Yeezys. J, 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 J. Okay. I have my personal reasons of why I don't have a pair of Yeezys because I actually want a pair. Okay. Um, but you have to admit Let's have this the Jordan ones come up has been unlike anything that we've seen. The colors, the 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 designs, the partnerships with like college students, the partnerships with HBCUs. And 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 collaborating with the Mexican drink, what is it? Jarritos, Jarritos, 
You know what I'm talking about? Haritos? Yeah, Haritos. Um, Yaritos. I don't speak Spanish. Juaritos. Juaritos. The okay. J in mix in mix uh, in Spanish is Hua. Hua. That like is Juan. so embarrassing. That is Juan. so embarrassing. That is Juaritos. so embarrassing. <laughs> that tells you how much Spanish I know. But anyways, <laughs> those those are dunks. But you have to Yeezys isn't really collaborating with nobody. And so, see this okay. All right. So now I'm gonna give you all right, so now we all right, we gotta look at it. All right, so collaboration, we could give it to Jordan because I did I even saw um What's my man name from Michigan? Ro. Oh. Ro Spit. He did the Jordan. Is yeah. it the Jordan 2? Um, yeah. The dude that owns Burn Rubber. Shout out to yeah. him um, and everything they doing in the sneaker uh, game. And I think they do a dope job of, like, representing, like, this region. You know what I'm saying? So I do think I do think it's um, – that I'll give you that, like, the collaborations. But I will say that's probably part of – just having a, a bigger brand, my brother Jarrell saying, come on, bro, Jordan, way better with the hoodie. All right, all right. I have to agree. All right, so let me say this. All right, so you, all right, you, I give you collaborations. I, I'm going to respond about the Jordan ones. For me, with my shoe size, for whatever reason, I wear my, my natural shoe size is a 12 and a half. And so I always have to choose between 12 or 13 most of the time because a lot of shoes don't make a 12 and a, mm-hmm. 12 and a half. With the Jordan ones, it's not really a comfortable size for me. Like I got, I like them, but when I wear the 12, they too tight, the 13 and I don't like flat shoes. So like I have flat feet. So like when it's a flat sole, I, mm-hmm. it just don't feel good to me. So that's why I'm not on the aesthetic. I'm with you, but I got to say this. I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Jump in. I definitely have to agree with you there. The Jordan ones are not as comfortable. They actually, you cannot have those on for a long time like they're not walking shoes at all. they are basically stylish and for you to say that i have a pair of ones um and that's my problem often, <laughs> like more than often i my feet hurt after i take them off 100 okay so let me say this so so this is my problem right like look i ain't in college no more so in college i was j I've had more J's in my life than I've had Yeezys. I just switched to Yeezys, what was it, two years ago. So, like, literally over the pandemic, I think I bought my first pair. But here's the thing with Yeezys. It's really two things for me. It is, A, the comfort. These are literally the most comfortable shoes, excuse me, I've ever worn in my life. From a sneaker perspective, they're like they're the most comfortable shoes. Mm-hmm. And there are different levels of the comfort. Like the different styles, some of them have a softer sole, some of them are firm. Like so it's kind of like a mattress. When you're choosing a mattress or a pillow, mm-hmm. I was like different ways to look at comfort. So I wore some Yeezys to Mexico last week. Because of the monotone and the comfort and the style, I wore it with my shorts. One day it was cold. I wore it one day out to dinner for a date night and dress more casual cold like so you could go smart casual to sporty so to me the yeezys are just way more flexible of a piece of fashion to be able to dress up than jays now i will say the jordan ones you can do that you could do that with the ones but you can't do that with a lot of jays to me like yeah people wearing with suits but you can't really for real yeah, I think honestly, ones are probably the best pairs of shoes to wear with suits. Okay, I agree with that. I need the people out there. So 
Alante said Yeezy. My brother Jarrell said the Jack. I need y'all if you still watching right now, please comment and tell me, are you team Yeezy or team Jordan? Uh, Bree, do you have another, uh, before I let you go, do you have another, like you need to sell us stronger on the Jays? Cause I feel like, I feel like I'm winning this argument and I want to give you a chance to give us another reason outside of comfortability. Like why, why, why Jordan over Yeezy, even though you've never owned, I promise you this, hit me up when you buy a pair of Yeezys. Okay. And we will have this conversation again. And I promise you when you put them things on your feet, it's going to be different. Now I, I did hear about the slides. I know we're not talking about slides, but I hear them. I hear they about these slides. It's some that's that's like walking on clouds. I did hear about those. Those. But I wish you would have told me that she was going to ask me these questions. Uh-huh. I would have. I would have brought in all of my ones to show you Ooh. the different colors that they produce. You got the high top ones and you got the mids. A lot of people don't like the mids, but the mids we have been, They've been coming with heat lately. Um. But all the ones that I have are not the same. They don't fit the same, you're saying? No. They don't wear the same. Yeah, that's the other difference with them. They are kind of like they different. No, no, no. I'm 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 talking from a design standpoint. Oh, I got you. I got you. From a okay. create because I I love to create. I love different. I love different things. And so speaking from a creative standpoint, the latest ones that I have are. Uh, the orange and brown ones. I don't those know. Those are cold. I saw your post. Those are cold. Um, I forgot the name of them, but those joints are fire. Jay, I got you. So with Yeezys, you can't really intertwine laces. Like you kind of have to go with the laces that the Yeezy shoes provide. With Jordan ones, you could do like the thick laces. You can do like a yarn lace, which is a, which is what I'm going to do with those orange and brown ones. I don't know if Yeezys come with two pairs of laces or just one, but some Jordan ones come with two pairs of laces. Sometimes they already come laced. Sometimes they come with like the Jordan sign, uh, like some accessories. You know what I'm saying? I got a question for the Yeezys owners. (laughs) All right. Do y'all get accessories with y'all shoes? Um, actually, I just sold a pair of Yeezys today. They do come with some of them do come with an extra pair of shoestrings. Um, or laces, whatever, how they not shoestrings, I guess they kind of weird laces. I will give you that. But what I will, what I will rebuttal that with is the Yeezys. A lot of times you don't even have to unlace. You could just slip them on and off. And so like they got a whole bunch of pair where they don't even actually tie. Like you could pull the lace to tie it up. You can, and they just like, they just slip on and off. So like for me, it's like, now, again, I feel like that, like, depending on how you look at that, I give you that because with Jordan, you getting more, definitely more accessories. The, the Yeezys, I think is more minimalistic. Like you said, you were, um, <laughs> they take a more min- minimal approach to the things that, that you get. But what I will say is this about Yeezys, which is similar to Jay's, the Yeezys, they do bold colors. Um, but a lot of times their bold colors get treated like team Jordans. So like I just bought, um, this week I bought, I bought some 450s that's like all brown. Mm-hmm. And I ain't even never seen this color in real life. I bought them off stock eggs and they like, they were on the cheaper end of two something because don't nobody really buy them. So like, I think the reason you don't see a lot of the Yeezy colors is not because they don't exist. 
but people literally they treat them like they don't they overlooked the, the Yeezy fans seem to be more about whatever is the most popular colorway that's what everybody mm-hmm. goes after and they kind of ignore all the, I bought a, um another pair of green uh 700s this week too like those cold I'm like and again but people like they don't care about those I mm-hmm. I tend even when I when I buy Jays I tend to like colorways that other people are overlooking that's okay. that's kind of how I do um I- I'm like that too. I don't really like to have what other people have, but lately in the shoe market and industry, that kind of has been the case lately because Jordan ones have definitely been hitting. They've been hitting. Okay. All right. Well, Alante's on my side. Sotomayor, Sotomayor, um said they like Jordan's case. Well, you didn't just named that. <laughs> Never own Yeezys. I'm with Alante though. He said, and he wear his straight out the box with the factory tie up. That's to me. That's where it's really, really at. Um, but no, much love to to the Jordan ones. Bree, I want to be respectful of time and get you out here. This has been um amazing. I appreciate you taking out the time to have this interview. I want to give you the last words um to the people before we get out of here. Remind them of where they can find you, um, how to connect with you. And um, yeah, we'll let you get out of here. Absolutely. Jay, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having having me. Um, I hope you guys were able to pull something from this. Um, feel free to contact me on any platform. You can contact me on Instagram at Bree Wheeler. So that's B-R-E-W-H-E-E-L-E-R underscore on Instagram. And you can also follow my business page on Instagram at Jesus and Sneakers. You can also visit my website at www.com fashionablyhumble.com so that's fashion A-B-L-Y humble.com where you can find your Jesus plus sneakers merch you can find your Jesus plus heels merch and soon I made this announcement earlier you can find your Jesus plus uh, Crocs merch on there as well thank you guys so much for tuning in thank you Jay for giving me this platform and thank you for inspiring God's people and I have to leave with this let's go You don't have Jesus and sneakers because you do not listen to Jay Will's podcast. There we go. You don't have a G. That's facts. Y'all know what it is. Thank you so much, Bree. I'm going to let you get out of here. Guys, people stick around. I got a couple more things to kick with y'all about. Bree, you have an amazing night. All right. Thank you. All right. So that was Bree Willer um, of Jesus plus sneakers. Um, let me say a couple things, man, before we um, jump out of here. First things first, Bree is dope. Really enjoyed that interview. Hopefully, um, if you jumped on late, please catch the replay or, you know, rewind it back, whatever. If you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, um, you should be catching the whole thing. But for those watching live, please go back and watch from the beginning. She shared a lot of information. A couple of things she talked about I want to kick it about. She said nothing wasted. I think sometimes, man, when you out here in this game, whether you're an entrepreneur, a business person, whatever you're doing, you can feel like the effort that you're putting out is kind of pointless. And that's where we lose faith sometimes when we start feeling like, what am I doing this for? Or I did something and I failed and I quit my job to start this business. And here I am, can't pay my rent or can't pay my car note. But I'm telling you, keep going, like finish the initiative. You get what I'm saying? Don't abort the mission because sometimes the blessing is on the other side of a checkpoint. You got to get to certain checkpoints when you are in your purpose, when you're going after your dreams, even if you're in your career, don't quit prematurely. And a lot of us, what happens is 
we allow those that premature doubt and that second guessing to creep in. And it might be legitimate. Like you might literally be like not paying your rent. You might literally not have the money you need. And you look into the person on the left, the looking on the person on the right, and you kind of feeling like, bro, I'm tripping. Like I got to do, I got to give up on this. And sometimes we give up on things too early, but Bree said it, nothing wasted. None of that effort is wasted. None of that energy is wasted. None of that faith is wasted. Keep having that faith, man. I don't care what nobody talking about. At Inspire God's people, we are trying to talk to the God in you. Talk to God's purpose in your life. And 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 that's why purpose is important is because sometimes your purpose is buried under all the doubt and the negativity in this world, all the worldly advice you've been getting, all the worldly perspective you've been getting that wants you to chase your ambition outside of Christ. No, we are not just chasing ourselves as if we are God. We're chasing what God put in us. We only want what God put in us. We don't want nothing else. We only want the dreams to come true that God birthed and placed in us, the seeds that he's planted. So at the end of the day, man, don't quit prematurely. Nothing is wasted. I love that Bree said nothing is wasted. Here's another thing I want to talk about um, that Bree talked about. It's the importance of investing in yourself. Now, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because um, I made a post even yesterday about the importance of investing uh, during this season and how um, even though we're in, I don't know if, I really don't know, are we supposed to be in a recession? Are they saying we are or not? They changed the definition of recession. But one thing I know is that you have inflation, you have um, people, job organizations are cutting uh, jobs. You have a, a macroeconomic situation that is not ideal. You have uh, the housing market prices um, are slashed about 35%, I believe, year to date. So if you were to sell a house, you know, for $500,000 at the top of the year, right now, you're only getting, you know, four, what, 480 for that same house, 485, something in that range. So my point is there's definitely a situation that could be negative as it relates to the economy and finances. Investing is important because the psychology of people is to run away from investments during these times. But the people who are wealthy, do your homework, read about Warren Buffett and all these people who made their money in the stock market and things, they didn't make their money while things were going well. That's something that we seem to have mixed up, um, those of us who aren't wealthy, because we follow the trends and the ways. And we do the same thing as we invest in ourselves. We trying to wait for ourselves to blow up to believe in ourselves. No, you got to invest in yourself when you seem like you ain't worth nothing. When you seem like you done lost it all. When you seem like you just a bum. Like you need to invest in yourself then because when you invest in something at the lowest, it is more risky, but that's when you get the greatest return. People have the greatest stories when they overcome the greatest obstacles. And I don't want you to give up just because you feel down and out right now, or just because you're looking at the next person and it seems like their life is so perfect. I want you to believe in yourself, but you got to commit during the down times. So I've been thinking about how to, how to explain the idea of investing. Whether you're talking about literally investing in a stock market, cryptocurrency, real estate, I'm going to talk about that real quick. Um, but also as it relates to in, investing in yourself, I believe these things, these ideas and principles are interchangeable. Um, so, so let me, let me first talk about the psychology of investing. All right. The psychology of investing is like railroads and roller coasters. You feel me? 
a roller coaster goes up and down. It has really high peaks and really low valleys. People are afraid of roller coasters, but then people love roller coasters because they're exhilarating. They're afraid of them because they're afraid of heights and the drops and the twists and the turns. And they feel like their stomach might turn or they might get sick or nauseous or something like that. But that's the same reason that other people get on it and enjoy it. And a, a roller coaster brings a lot more joy to people than riding on a railroad. So on a train, but a train is like this. It's steady. You know where it's going. It's going in a straight line. It ain't doing no U-turns. It ain't going up and it ain't going down. Railroads and roller coasters. All right. So now let me go a little deeper into this idea of railroads and roller coasters. If I'm thinking about investing money, a railroad is just doing whatever I'm doing, right? I got my money. I spend my money. I get my check. I spend my money. I'm any money into any money into. All right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make a song, but. You're doing the same thing you do, but here's the thing. You're not going too high. You're not going too low, but you kind of know where you're going and it ain't really nowhere exciting. Let's just be real, but it is safe. It feels safe. It feels comfortable because you kind of know what to expect. All right. No problem with people who have a railroad mindset. If that's the kind of life you want to live, if you want to just kind of be safe, it's like, Hey, you know, I'm, I just want to, I just want to be able to afford cable, buddy, and some popcorn to watch movies and I'm in and Netflix and I'm good. All right. That's you. No problem. I'm not here to judge you. But for the roller coaster minded investors, here's what you have to understand about investing in what it is. Some of us don't really understand what investing is. We just see people making money. So what do that mean? We see people on the high, you know, the roller coaster start out, it, it go real high, right? Before the first drop. So, the people who want to invest at the peaks or want to invest because of the peaks, they are just looking at one aspect of the roller coaster. But you have to understand about roller coasters when you invest. Just pull up any stock market chart. It's going to look like a roller coaster. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. It's going to be in between, right? And so the idea behind this railroad and roller coaster mindset is to understand that when you enter the world of investing, whether it be investing in yourself, investing in the stock market, investing in cryptocurrency, investing in real estate. When you invest in something, you are getting on a roller coaster. Put your seatbelt on, strap up, put the arm bars down. Whether you close your eyes, don't move your feet, whatever you got to do, you're about to go on some ups and downs. So first you need to realize that. You invest in a business, oh, it's great. You heard Bree. Oh, you made $10,000 on this week. That's the high, but what's the low? Oh, we about to drop, baby, on this dip. You can't afford your rent. You can't afford your car note. This is the twist that you didn't expect, the turn. But then it gets exciting because you have another peak. You in North Carolina and you witnessing the people or and then Maverick City wears your your uh your crew neck on their on their major tool with Kurt Franklin. And so you have all these peaks and valleys. But here's the beautiful thing about investing. It's a roller coaster that goes up and down generally, but over time it goes higher and higher. And so those people Take the riskier route, but have a much greater reward. Roller coasters. Railroad mindset. Hey, I live where I live. I work where I work. I'm going to do this for 30 years. It is what it is. I'm happy. I'm not telling you this to encourage you to be one or the other. I'm first just laying out the idea and the mindset behind. You have to understand what it is. So now let's talk about something very specific. Because as we've been talking about investing, I'm going to start with real estate, all right? 
I want to start with real estate and think about this. Y'all follow me. This is for the people that's really serious about investing at this part of the show. So when you think about real estate, one of the mistakes I think people make is they don't really have a strategy as it relates to real estate investing. And if you are a person that's like, well, I'm not a real estate investor. Here's what I actually believe. I believe that anyone who is not homeless is a real estate investor. Real estate is one of those interesting things that actually impacts like mostly everybody. You feel me? Like it literally, if you're not homeless, you're either renting, right? So that means you have a landlord. That means you're paying that landlord's mortgage. They have a mortgage on that property or they own that property. You are paying them, right? You're investing in that property literally as a renter. You're you're still in the investment cycle. You may not be an investor, but you are investing. Your money is going towards something. Well, even if you like, oh, I don't have a house. I live with somebody. Well, you're paying that person. Well, then if you own a house, one of the biggest mistakes I think people make is that they don't view their own home as a real estate investment. And what do I mean by this? You buy a house and you buying it as if you're going to live there for a hundred years. And I know that this is just historically been what we've done. Big mama house, watch any, especially in the black community. If you watch like any of these soul food, any of these type of movies, it'd be like, people be arguing like, we don't want to sell the big house. We don't want to sell mama house. Like, wait a minute, guys. Wait a minute. I know that you used to play on that porch. I know that you used to do whatever, but hey, that's a house. Family is family is us. That's a building. Let's sell that building. What's my point of pointing out the importance of this? Um, when I've every property that I've bought, I I'll give you an example. I want to give a specific example. When I buy properties, I'm talking just a primary residence to live in. I remember I bought my first house, me and my wife. We built the house. I looked at the location. Here was the beautiful thing about the location. We were in a city that was like really like a a junior suburb. It was like right outside of the city, right? Like one of the first suburbs. So it wasn't super premier. It wasn't a super premier suburb at all, right? But here was the thing. The house that I found where we were building, it was at the city border. It was literally a street that separates the city we were living in from the next suburb over, which was a step up that suburb. People were paying, you know, for the same size and type of house, literally across the street, houses were costing 50 to $60,000 more. So when I bought that house, I said, okay, this isn't in a premier city, but it's at the border of a premier city, right? So location is very important as you're thinking about the house you buy. It's at the border of a premier city, which means people who can't afford to go to that city, but want the amenities of that city. They want the grocery store, the movie theater, the gym, they want all of the things that come with that premier city. They're going to want to live here. I bought one of the first houses that were built in the development that I lived in. And my goal from day one was I'm going to live here until it sells out. And the moment they sell out, I know that this is going to be a premier destination because you can get in a nice suburb for Fifty to sixty thousand dollars less than if you literally. When I say across the street, I moved at the border and literally priced the houses across the street. So this was the beginning of me looking at my primary residence as an investment property. And so, 
I'm saying this to say, don't just buy your house based on do you like it or not. Now, unless you're wealthy, and you you know, it is up to you. But I'm saying if you have an investment mindset, you need to buy a home with the intention to resell it. Here's another key, guys. After two years in the United States, if you live in a primary residence for two years, 24 months, when you sell that property, the profits are tax free. Okay. This is why I say I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is not looking at their primary resident as a real estate investment property. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me I can buy a property in a nice location with the intention to resell in a few years, live in the property for three years. They sell out of the, they sell out of the development. I instantly tell my wife, we are about to sell this house. Your wife, guys, She's going to look at you like you're crazy. This happened to me. She looks at you as if you're insane because she likes her home. Because, again, we come from a community where it's, it's big mama house, and we got to live here for 50 years because we found a nice house and nobody wants to move. No, thank you. You get to that point. You can sell your house, make a profit. Profit might be the amount of your salary. It might be more. It might be a little less. But here's the difference. When you make your salary at work, you pay taxes every single paycheck. But you mean to tell me there's a law in the US that if you live in a primary resident for for over 2 years that you could sell that property and you do not have to pay taxes on the income? Well, what do you do, people? <laughs> Here is a way for people who are completely broke, if you're like me, you came from poverty or you have no idea how am I going to make money? but you keep living in houses. But here's the problem. You keep buying houses that only you want. You keep buying houses in weird locations and weird neighborhoods when you could afford it to think a little more or be strategic about the property that you're choosing. And guess what? You can have a six-year plan to flip three properties and make at least twice as much money as you make in your regular everyday life. And this is just one of the ways that I think we don't talk about investing, literally viewing your primary residence as an investment property. And so instead of going into a house and just being happy to have a house and you want to live there for 50 years because you got a cute house, I get it. Now, I also understand that may not work for you. Your kids are in a perfect school or you really like your neighbors. I'm not saying this works for everybody. I'm giving you one example of how real estate, I believe, is being overlooked and it's more focused on the fix and flip and all those things, which are really good things. People make millions of dollars. I'm not here to knock any of that. I'm just here to give you at least another way to look at it. Now let's move on beyond real estate. We're talking about um, an investor's mentality, right? And being able to be on a roller coaster. The problem with some of us is we want roller coaster results and thrills, but we have a railroad mentality. And the thing is, I've never seen somebody get off of a rail, a train, like Amtrak or something going somewhere and be like, whoa, oh my goodness. Whoa, that was crazy. But no, if they do, then it's probably a safety, safety concern. But when I go to an amusement park and you see people getting off that roller coaster, people be so excited. They be like some people running back to get on it again. Pe like people wait in crazy lines for three hours to get on a roller coaster for the thrills of it. But you got to understand there's the ups and the downs. Why am I talking about the ups and the downs so much? As an investor, you have to understand, now we're specifically talking about money, so let's think about the stock market, think about cryptocurrency. You have to understand 
that you should never be investing money that you can't lose because you will get to those down moments. You are not going to make every perfect decision, every perfect investment, and every investment isn't going to return in in two weeks. And you're not going to get rich off of Bitcoin tomorrow like people think they are. And maybe five people did it and you saw their story and you think you're going to be next and it's not you. So when you have an investor's mentality, whether you're investing in yourself, in Bitcoin, a stock market, you have to be prepared for the ups and the downs. And you have to have realistic expectations about the fact that it's not going to be a smooth ride necessarily. But if you remain consistent during the downtimes, it will rise again. You will see that roller coaster go up and you will be able to get off and be excited about it. Now, I want to talk about cryptocurrency a little bit because um, a lot of people who know me know that I've, I've studied about cryptocurrency quite a bit over the past few years. So, um, you know, my friends send me different stories or things like that. And you've had a lot of crazy things happening in crypto. So I want to talk about it a little bit. Um, one of the mistakes that people make is they look at the downside of something and they look at it with a finality. Almost like some people are happy that things go wrong. Like, ah, look at that. Hmm. Crypto is messed up. It's a scam. It's this. Listen, I'm only just going to tell you what I believe. I believe that you don't see wealthy people remain quiet a lot of times because behind the scenes, they know that when everybody, when, when fear is high and things are really low, prices are really low, that's when they choose to invest. And that's when they take advantage of things. When the stories look horrible, I was around in 2008, 2009, the, the housing market was crazy. It was horrible. It was no, don't get a whatever people was losing their houses left and right. And guess what? People, if you would have bought houses back then, it would have been a really good investment. So my point is too many of us are controlled by the narrative in, in the storylines in the headlines. And that's why the headlines exist. And a lot of times they exist to purposely get us off track and to take us away from whatever. And headlines can be literal headlines where they could be the negative people that you allow to be in your life where they could be some of the worldly TV shows or worldly advice that you're getting. Cause a lot of worldly advice is a headline. It's like people float around videos and stuff on Instagram and memes all the time. And it's a person that got a million views and they making no sense. That's a headline to me and I'm ignoring it. So my point with all of this is for those with an investor mindset, you have to understand, I want I want to give y'all some thoughts around cryptocurrency as an example. And this is not financial advice. And this is not me telling you to go, invest in cryptocurrency, but I'm literally telling you what's going to happen. Okay. What I believe is going to happen. I should say it that way. Not what's going to happen. What I believe is going to happen is this, that right now, while things are down, uh, poor people are going to continue to be controlled by headlines and laugh at it. Ha ha ha. That's stupid. Ah, whatever, whatever. And you're going to have wealthy people looking cause they know what it is. And they're going to be like, you know what? Let me swipe up a couple million of that. Let me swipe up a couple million of this. I'll take those stocks, that cryptocurrency. I'll take those properties. And then in three to four years, when all of the, the, the headlines change, those people are going to make life changing wealth, generational wealth. They're going to profit generational wealth. And you know what happens too often? The poor people who are controlled by the headlines, they try to invest at the height of the roller coaster. All of the profit has been made now. I'm telling y'all what I believe is going to happen is whether it's Bitcoin or whatever, Ethereum, whatever e cryptocurrency, nothing in particular. I'm not telling you to invest in anything in particular. I'm just telling you what I believe is going to happen. 
is right now crypto is going through a really dark phase, just like the rest of the world with different things. You've had FTX and a lot of things, uh, a lot of these uh, companies went insolvent and went under. And I'll talk about that in a second. Um, and what happens is people from the outside who don't really understand even what it is, they don't understand the technology of blockchain. They're like pointing a finger like, oh, it's a scam is this. And those same people in 24 to 36 months, whatever, I don't know the timeline of things are going to turn around. Whenever it turns around, those same people are going to be trying to jump on Dogecoin at that time. And I'm just telling you, that's the formula for failure. When you try to invest in something at the top, that's the failure. People who just always try to use things, y'all, y'all, let's just, I'll use Kirk Franklin as an example. Imagine if you were the person that discovered Kirk Franklin, right? You saw him when he was 17 years old. He was playing a piano in a parking lot. Nobody knew his name. That's his low point. If you would have invested in Kirk Franklin at that point, you would look like a genius right now. But let me be honest. Kurt Franklin right now is probably at the height of his career. If I called you tomorrow, I was like, hey, man, it's this cat named Kurt Franklin. You got you got to pay attention. You got to. Kurt, hey, it's a it's an actor named Denzel. Let me let me tell you something, bro. He going to be the next Denzel. Like, hey, dog, if I told you about Denzel Washington today, as if you hadn't heard of him at the height of the roller coaster, you would literally think I was out of my mind. If I would have told you about Michael B. Jordan, like if anybody who said he was going to be the next, you know, uh, actor that's in a bunch of movies when he did Fruitville Station and before you had his muscles, you would have been looking like, oh, he was all right, whatever. I, I never even seen that movie. But if somebody come to you now like, hey, man, he 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 next up, they're going to be like, hey, uh, duh, <laughs> uh, duh, 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 what's my point? Let's take that same mindset right now. There are people out there right now. That's going to wait until these investments go to their height. And then they're going to be like, hey, you, you did ever hurt. You better get on the Bitcoin. You heard of the Bitcoin? It's going to be like, yeah, it's $95,000 for one of them. I've heard of it. Now, I'm not saying this for you to go out and buy uh, any any Bitcoin or any things like that. Vicky Mac found them, started a label off of them, and became music executive and label owner as a result. And somewhere retired and chilling. I love it. Thanks, Malloy. So that's the person that discovered Kurt Franklin. That person is well off right now. If you think you're going to discover him the day you get nothing. So what is my point? What I'm trying to encourage people to do is to research investing now. When the world seems, I'm not telling you to go invest in anything. Hear me clearly. This is not financial advice. I'm not telling you what to do with your money. But what I am urging you to do is that now is the time to research and if you want to look at stocks, if you want to look at cryptocurrency, now is the time that you should be researching and studying because it's all on fire. The, these companies are, have lost money. The stories, the headlines look horrible. So if you buy it now, you're discovering Denzel Washington at the YMCA. And we know, or at least we think, he's going to be Denzel Washington one day. Now, you got to also understand you're not going to be right about every Denzel. You know what I'm saying? Some of them, you might have invested in Charles Washington at the YMCA and Charles still, still there now. And so my point is not that there's nothing wrong with the YMCA, but I mean, if Charles was there at seven years old and he's still there playing basketball in the league right now, it might be a problem if he's 57. What is my point? At the end of the day, 
um, I want I want to talk a little bit um, before I go about like FTX and some of the things you've seen with cryptocurrency and uh, some of the losses, because I don't think people actually truly understand. I, I know some I don't want to say people don't understand. You may understand. But when you look at a company like FTX or Celsius or Voyager, some of these cryptocurrencies that went out of business, what happened with crypto is this crypto has operated outside of the SEC regulations. Now, some of that is because Gary Gensler, who runs the SEC, who was also a former um, blockchain professor, I believe, at MIT, if I'm not mistaken, um, he knows blockchain. And this is where I think the this is where I think the people in power and the people who are wealthy play a lot of games. The SEC have kind of set back and allowed crypto to go in this world of of not having regulation. And what that really means is that cryptos it. it it's kind of like the wild, wild west as it relates to like, hey, you got to really trust the people you're investing in. So it would be like if I opened up a bank in my house and you gave me your money and you would have to trust me versus if you go to Chase Bank and they're FDIC insured or things like that. Right. And they have that kind of regulation. And then more people want to invest because there's regulation behind it. What has happened with crypto is that crypto has kind of gone unregulated. Right. And you have the SEC. They're kind of like overlooking stuff and they've been to certain meetings. They've talked about certain things, but they haven't landed on anything. They haven't even given the crypto companies clear direction on like what they really are. And so, and how they will be regulated. So what this means is that you have had some people like, uh, Sam Bankman free who, uh, own FTX and a bunch of other companies who was like the youngest billionaire in the world, uh, last year, you had people creating these businesses um, on top of the technology of crypto and behind uh, within the industry. And they had grown these businesses, legitimate, really legitimate businesses to be very large, investing in NBA teams and arenas and things like that. And then what happens is what happens with people. They get greedy. Now, Sam Bankman, uh, SBF, let's just call him in particular, he was one of, I think he was like the largest donor for Democrats in the last election, if I'm not mistaken, in the, in the Biden election. He has a lot of weird ties to like po- politics and his parents. It's, it's a lot of weird things behind that. And he, he was like the largest Democratic, um, uh, donor, um, I believe at his last election. And so again, when you start thinking politics and power, I, I don't want to get into no, this ain't no conspiracy. These are, there's facts behind all this stuff. And I don't want to get deep into that. Cause I don't want to lose you with the politics of it. My point is, it's pause for concern. You get what I'm saying? But what happened is these people started taking the money because crypto isn't regulated. They started taking the money that people were investing. And it was so much money because the economy was doing so well that they started taking and playing leverage, meaning they started taking higher risk. And imagine if you put your money in the bank. And then a bank invested with your money, but in high risk. Remember, we talking about a roller coaster, high risk, you know, uh, high, what is it? High risk, high reward, but I'm not thinking about the reward. Like I can't even think of it like higher highs, lower lows. That's what I'm trying to say. So at the end of the day, basically FTX and these other companies, Celsius, they started taking the cryptocurrency investors money and they started making bigger bets behind the scenes. When the economy turned and things started getting flipped upside down and their investments started losing value because they over leveraged themselves, 
they took too much risk, but they used other people's money and they did it without the, without their customers knowing again, because this isn't a regulated industry yet, they were able to do some shady things. And so by doing that, they started losing money and their businesses started going under, which means if their business goes under and their business was your invested money, which had they just taken your invested money and left it as is, everything would have been okay. But because they took those bigger risks, they lost everything. So here's the thing about these cryptocurrency companies that have gone out of business. Yes, were some of these businesses scams, were some of these people seemingly evil people, greedy people, and scammers, 1,000%. But here's the thing. What they say, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. What that has caused us to do, because we don't understand all the dynamics of how all these things come together, you have people who think, oh, cryptocurrency is a scam or Bitcoin is a scam and it's going away. Listen, I'm not saying that it may not be more companies that go under. And so you should really understand what you're investing in before you invest. Don't just invest because somebody like me is talking about it. Do your own research so that you can understand where you're putting your money so that if you lose your money, you can blame yourself. Because if you was if you invested in and got a million dollars, you're not going to call me and give me 10 percent. So. Don't, you know, don't put it on me. I'm just a regular guy on the internet talking right now. What's my point with all of this? You have people now throwing out the baby with the bathwater and saying crypto's a scam. No, crypto is not a scam. There's actually a lot of good that has come out of these situations, although it's come with some bad. What are some of the good? A, it has put pressure on the other existing crypto companies and organizations to start having transparency. So as an example, you have now, some of the companies starting to share a proof of their reserves, meaning they're giving the public visibility to exactly where their money is and how they've invested or how they've kept or stored their reserve finances to know that they have enough money to run the business that you're investing in. So what that means is you want to see that they have enough, like you want to see like, Hey, you have dollars or something that is equivalent, like a stable coin equivalent to a dollar something that is not going up and down. So if you're keeping all of your money and your reserves in really high risk assets, then I don't want to give you my money because again, we see the market goes up and up and down. So it's created transparency. A. The other thing that it has done, well, a lot of the things that's going on in the cryptocurrency market, it has also brought awareness to people on how to actually store their own keys in their and use their own wallets. So one of the most important aspects of cryptocurrency is that you have to understand a wallet feature. Now, this is really think of something like Apple Wallet. But because you're dealing with like a new um, encrypted technology and it has not been all the way modernized or commercialized for the layman's person to understand, people get really intimidated with crypto wallets and transferring to crypto. When you do it, the more you do it, it's not as confusing as when you start. And I believe what will happen is that as the space continues to develop over time, you'll start seeing, um, you know, more reasonably and commercialized um, product and services that are presented to the public. But I also believe that there's value in coming in at the ground level and understanding the moving parts because you're able to invest at an earlier stage in the situation. And again, if you have the capacity to do so, you may learn a lot along the way. Um, good or bad and make some mistakes too. My point is this, 
it has given us the understanding that you should not keep your money on an exchange. So here's what I want to talk about as it relates to keeping your money on an exchange. So think if, if you buy your crypto on Binance.com, right? Binance.us actually is the US version. That's like the biggest um, cryptocurrency exchange in the world. So if you, if you buy your crypto on Binance, let's say you buy two, two ETH on Binance. What most people were doing, including myself, historically is you would buy that on Binance and just leave it in your Binance wallet. But remember, this is one of the things we've learned through the last couple of years of seeing how this crypto market isn't regulated yet. Excuse me. If you leave your money in a bank, it's FDIC insured up to, I think, a quarter of a million dollars. So you can leave a quarter of a million dollars in your Chase bank uh, app account comfortably knowing that if for some reason some fraud or something happens, it's insured and you'll get that money back. But imagine with crypto where it is not FDIC insured in some instances, the U S dollars are on some, in some places, but the crypto is not FDIC insured. This is where the regulation and things that need to happen. And I'm no expert on that aspect. I just understand it enough to understand it, but you can't safely leave your money on a crypto exchange because if it's on their exchange, it is actually their money. They can do what they want to again. So if they want to invest your money on the back end and take risk and leverage with it, you can't control that. So one of the things that we've learned through this process is to have your own keys, to have a hard wallet. So instead of you using a, a wallet on their site, you would go and purchase um, your own, like a ledger wallet, right? You will go purchase a ledger wallet and learn how to actually, which is kind of like just picture like a little chip, like a flash drive that you would actually be able to store your crypto on there. It's encrypted. You have, uh, uh, secret phrases and things to access it. It's super, like it actually make you feel like Tom Cruise. I'm gonna just keep it a being with you. Like you, you feel like you mission impossible. But my point with all of that is that it has taught you the importance of Hey, I may purchase the crypto on Binance, but as soon as I could transfer it off of Binance into my own wallet, I need to do that just in case. So if Binance goes up and they go out of business, then my crypto isn't on there. So that's just, those are a couple of the things that we've learned through the process, right? Now, here's the other aspect that I really want people to think about. You got to think about the internet. I, I always go back. I like to go back. I went back uh, a week or so ago. I should find that. Um, you know what? I've never shared. I don't want to start. I don't want to share my screen because I'm live. I got to do. I need to practice that. I haven't done that. I don't want to. I don't want to do it. I was going to share my screen and go to YouTube, but I've never done it live. So I don't want to do something weird. Um, But I go back. Just just go back and look up Internet 1999. Last week, I looked up the internet. I just searched on YouTube, internet 1999. I started watching videos from 1999 about how people were talking about the internet. You know, this, the internet, this thing that we're on right now that we're seamlessly talking on. And like, I'm live from a studio with a camera and a microphone, and this whole setup. You realizing like 10 years ago that you would think I was out of my mind. Like you, you doing what? No, you wouldn't have been able to understand this setup 10 years ago. What's my point? In 1999, if you listen to people talk about the internet, you will understand what I believe cryptocurrency is today. 
people didn't know what the internet was. They was like, I don't know about it. Is this thing, what's this email thing? Are you, are you telling me I'm going to be talking to people through it, through a screen? That's how they were talking. Now, the same thing that they didn't understand when it was down here, so they didn't invest in it. The people who invested in internet companies, guess what they did? Some of them lost a lot of money because it, because of the dot com bubble, uh, bubble and, uh, the businesses went out just like these cryptocurrency businesses are doing. Because when you are at the beginning of something, you're going to have evil, greedy people, scam artists that do stuff. But how many people think just because it was some scammers that used the internet in a dot com era to make money and scam people? How many people actually think the internet is a scam? I'll wait as long as you want me to. I'll wait. I'll wait. I will wait. Don't make me keep singing. I'll wait as long as you want me to. We know the internet isn't a scam, but I promise you, go do it. Please do me the favor and go look. Y'all gonna make me pull it. I, I'm, I'm tempted to pull it up. I'm tempted. I'm really tempted to go ahead and just pull it up. Uh, I'm not gonna do it though. I want you to look up internet 1999 and just see how people talked about it. How many of y'all knew what a Tesla was 10 years ago? Also because um, George Blankenship was one of the top executives at Tesla. And I was, where was I at? I was in at an event in Chicago and he was the keynote speaker earlier this year in April. And he talked about his time at Tesla and working for Musk and all this stuff. Um, Hey Lillian, how you doing? And George Blankenship gave, he talked about his time at Tesla and I'm like, what? And I went in uh, YouTube videos of him nine years ago as a, an executive at Tesla giving a speech. And I'm like, I never even heard of Tesla back then, 19 years ago. But guess what? Had I invested then before everybody had a, uh, an electric car, maybe I'd be a trillionaire by now. Again, investing is about finding things while before they are what they're going to be. Miss Nikki says it's the random song. Listen, it's always going to be a random song in these podcasts. Y'all know that. So I want you to think about this idea that I'm talking about with the Internet. The Internet did not make sense when it first came out. It did not make sense to a lot of people. But it makes clear sense to us today because it has developed. I'm just putting it out there publicly. I'm not saying I'm pro crypto or anti crypto, nothing. I'm just telling you what I believe is fact. I literally believe that crypto is the internet of our modern day. And I've studied the technology of blockchain. I've also followed all of the partnerships that happen daily. I mean, Disney, Nike is all these big companies are invested in some type of way already. It's just not as public because they haven't de- fully developed the products. I talk about something on this podcast for y'all who've been with me for a couple of years. We talk about contributors versus consumers. And one thing you will learn about me is that I believe in being a contributor. And I believe what keeps us in poverty and what keeps us really at the bottom of the barrel is that we're nothing but consumers a lot of times. And I'm not downgrading consumers or speaking bad about a consumer, right? Because we're all consumers. I do think we should consume. That's what keeps an economy growing and going. But some of us are strictly and exclusively consumers. That means we only understand how to consume things, but we don't understand how to contribute. And right now I'm trying to speak to the contributor in you. 
to the person that says, I want to find LeBron James when he's 13 years old and say he's going to be a great NBA player. I want to find Wayne Gretzky when he's 16 years old and say that guy's going to be dope at hockey. I want to find Tiger Woods when he's 12. Like those are the people who have the greatest reward. But let's talk about one other thing before I go. Who are the people who have the greatest regret? Imagine this. All right, I'll give you one, fellas. Imagine you are a gentleman in the ninth grade in whatever year. I don't know how old this lady is. But you're a guy in the ninth grade, and there's a girl in class that really thinks you're cute. But she's kind of nerdy, and I don't know that this is the case. We're just making up a story using a real person's name. She's kind of nerdy, not really well-known, hasn't really fully grown into herself, but she really, she's in love with you. Her name is Holly. You kind of like, oh, Holly, uh, nah, I don't, I don't like her. I don't, I don't like Holly. Like Holly ain't cute. She ain't popular. She ain't involved in nothing in school. Like, no, I'm good. I'm the star basketball player. It is what it is. Holly Berry. You turn down Holly at her lowest point. Then you, four years later, when you don't make it to the NBA and you are just like Charles, uh, or earlier and you at Charles Washington, and you're in the YMCA basketball league. At what point do you think you will rip your heart out of your chest when you start seeing Holly Berry, who was in love with you in the ninth grade and wanted nothing more than to be with you, but you didn't think she was good enough. When you start seeing her in every movie all across the world for the next 20 years, you would have the greatest regret. Those people who were closest to something, who overlooked it because they couldn't see what it was because they had such a short-sighted mentality, they could not go past the moment. Those are the people who have the greatest regret. So today I talked to you about the mindset of an investor because I want you to think beyond the moment, and I don't want you to have great regret. So I'm not telling you what to invest in. I'm not telling you to invest in cryptocurrency. I'm not telling you to go buy a house. I am not telling you to go and buy stock. But what I am telling you is that those things are assets that if you buy them at the proper time and if you research them and understand what you're spending money on, understand that there is risk involved and this is not financial advice. I am not a financial advisor, but the people who make money, they invest in roller coasters. The people who just, uh, uh, it, those are railroad people. The railroad people, it, it, it's not fun. It's not even exciting. You feel what I'm saying? When you don't make it, you feel, <laughs> listen, Nikki, if you don't, you didn't make it, bro. Charles, you are in the YMCA. You did not make it to the NBA. I hope y'all enjoyed today's show, man. If you're catching it at the end, please do go back to the beginning and check it out. Look, share this show. If you like it, please subscribe. We are now on YouTube at uh, Inspire Guys People. Also on Instagram at Inspire Guys People. And look, I got a lot of things to continue to share. We got more interviews coming up with some amazing people. I'll be back as early as next week with a really dope interview. Um, but look, keep telling people about this. I'm trying to provide content that can actually help you in your life and on your journey. So please tell me if you'd like to hear more of something or less of something. I welcome your feedback. And uh, I appreciate you and love you. God bless you. God bless you. I don't know why I did that. But I did. Have a great day. Oh, no, you know what? Hold on. Before I tell y'all to have a great day, 
I like the idea of ending the same way we begin the show. Stop saying what you gonna do till you do what you said. When you opened that Bible, you knew what you read. You felt it deep in your soul. The promise did not expire. Be inspired. I can see beyond the tears you cry and the pain you feel. I saw every hill you had to climb.